do you think you're a trading hotshot? Well, you're not if you're trading these cold sectors on the Aussie market. Which sectors, you ask? Download my free hot or not special report from tradinggame.com.au forward slash hot or not to find out. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. Now on with the show. Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Our guest on Talking Trading today is Adam Koo, a Singaporean trader, entrepreneur, author and trainer. Adam began his trading journey as a child when his grandfather gave him share certificates to invest for Chinese Lunar New Year. And it was the beginning of an investment journey which has seen him evolve from fundamental to technical analysis and into a confidence in a trading methodology with a proven statistical edge. Adam is now the chairman of Learning Technologies Group. By the age of 26, he was a self-made millionaire. In 2008, he was ranked among the top 25 richest Singaporeans under the age of 40. In today's interview, we discuss his trading methodology, his psychology and his advice to traders. But first in today's show, let's hear from Louise Bedford in MindPower on mastering the basics and making tiny improvements. I love doing yoga. The thing about yoga is that you are consistently wanting to do something different, but the yoga instructor holds the course. There are only a few repetitive yoga moves that you do again and again, no matter how long you've been doing yoga for, no matter what your level. It is always those tiny incremental improvements on the basics that make all of the difference. Trading is just like this. Mastering those basics, making tiny improvements as you go along, that disciplined persistence, that's what it takes to be a good trader. Don't let anybody tell you that trading is complicated because it is not. It is one of those areas that you can get the first few years under your belt and feel like you know what you're doing, but it will take you a lifetime to conquer every skill. And isn't it great because I want that. I want that requirement for perfection to be slightly elusive. I want it to be something that I can always say I am a trader and to base my identity on that. Isn't that what you want to? I'm sure it is. Keep listening to Talking Trading. We love bringing these episodes to you. It is absolutely my passion project. I love hearing what Caroline comes up with every single week and I hope you do too. Louise Bedford here. Chris Tate and I are presenting at the IFTA conference in Malaysia, October 26 to 28. IFTA is the International Federation of Technical Analysts. Just Google IFTA conference for more information. We'd love to see you there. Might be a good excuse for an overseas trip and to tap into an international community of technical analysts. If you do plan on coming along, do let us know as it would be great to catch up. 
to book in Google IFTA conference and we'll see you there or go to ifta.org. Adam Koo from Learning Technologies Group. Hello and welcome to the podcast of Talking Trading. Thank you very much for having me. I'm eager to get to know all about you, Adam. To begin with, tell us, how did you become involved in the markets? Uh, I started trading, or rather investing at that time, at about 17 years old. So I'm, I'm 44 now, so that's uh, a <laughs> couple of years back. I got started because my grandfather, he used to give us share certificates for Chinese New Year. You know, it's a Chinese custom where relatives will give you red packets for, for Lunar New Year. And most of the time they give you money. But my grandfather gave all the grandchildren share certificates. And he used to say that if I give you money, you're paid once. If I give you shares of a company, you now own a piece of a money-making machine that's going to pay you for the rest of your life. And it's going to increase in value every year. So that fascinated me, and that really got me excited about investing. So I took all my red packet money from my relatives. I worked part-time, school holidays, and I put everything I had into the, into the stock market. And this was back in the 1990s, so there was no internet. Internet did not, did not exist at the time. So basically, you had to invest by calling the broker on the phone. You only see the price once a day from the newspaper. So that's how I started. So I started in you know from the Singapore markets, and then the Hong Kong markets. And in the year 2000, online trading came about. So that's when I got introduced to the US markets. And so since the year 2002, thereabouts, to now I've been uh, only involved in now trading the US markets. Tell, okay. So you're Singapore-based with Chinese heritage, is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Chinese. Yeah, I mean, my race is Chinese, but I've, I'm born and bred in Singapore. We just want to get to know you, so we're just getting the basics here. Okay, so that's how you became involved in the markets with your very wise grandfather. Now tell us a little bit about your trading strategy. What do you do in the markets? What's unique about you? Uh, my style has really evolved over the years. I mean, when I first started, again, at 17 years old, I, I had no idea what I was doing. So there was no strategy whatsoever. And the second part was I was a pure fundamentalist, right? So, you know, read all the books on Warren Buffett and so on and so forth. So I, I, I was pure fundamentals up to the age of probably 25, 26. Then I went to pure technicals. There was a 180 degree shift. So right now, the way I trade is, is really 100% technicals. Although I do have more of a value investment portfolio, which is more fundamental approach. But my trading is pure 100% technicals. And Why did you I, switch 180 degrees from fundamental to technical? I was inspired by a friend. When I was a fundamental investor, I used to get you know, 20-25% a year. I mean, not every year, but on some years I got 20-25%, some years I got 15%. And I thought I was pr doing pretty well, right? So I met one of my friends who uh, was my army buddy. Because in Singapore, we have to serve in the army, right? So he was my army buddy. And... He was a brilliant guy. He had a first-class honors degree from the university. As he graduated as an engineer. And after he graduated, he worked for the government, um, the, the government investment corporation for two years, and he quit. So when I met up with him a couple of years after, I said, what are you doing? And he said, you know, jokingly, I, I'm jobless. And I said, why are you jobless? You had a first-class honors degree. You worked for the government. You know, you had everything. And he said, you know, I'm jobless, right? I said, so what do you do for money? And he said, I'm a trader. I said, what do you trade? He said, I trade currencies, right? 
So I said, okay. And I said, I'm a trader too. I'm an investor myself. So I asked him, I said, what kind of returns are you getting? And he said, well, about, you know, 15% or so. And I was like, you know, that's no big deal. I'm getting 20%, 25%. And he said, no, no you don't understand. I'm getting 15% a month. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> okay. So at that point of time, I, I thought it was bullshit. I said, I mean, who can get 15% a month? Warren Buffett, the greatest investor in the world, can't get more than 25% a year. So don't bullshit me, right? And he showed me his trading records and it blew my mind. It, it really blew my mind. I and mean, this was a guy who started with $10,000. He grew it to a million dollars. He's one of the best traders I know, by the way, right? He grew it to a million dollars in about, about three and a half to four years. And, and I said, how do you do it? And he said, technical analysis. And I, you know, coming from a fundamentalist background, and I majored in finance, I used to believe that technical analysis was mumbo-jumbo reading tea leaves, and it, it's all rubbish, right? And when I saw him making that kind of money, I said, there must be something to this. And he was the one that introduced me to it, and that's when I got really excited. And I later realized that it is not technical analysis per se that made him successful, that made traders successful, because... People think that TA is used to predict the market, but it's got no predictive qualities. All it does is it gives you a, a statistical edge, just like the casinos have an edge over the player. But if you do not know how to manage your position sizing, if you don't have the right psychology to execute your strategy uh, without deviating from it and being able to manage temporary drawdowns, then the best TA uh, methods will not you know, make you consistently uh, profitable as well. So what I discovered was not about just TA, but it was a position sizing, it was about psychology coming together that made it consistent, that made it sustainable. Good answer. Let's talk about your trading techniques specifically now. What okay. do you use? Right. So I trade both stocks and Forex. Now for stocks, I'm primarily a swing trader. And my approach is uh, very much uh, entering on retracements. So I look for, I'm a trend follower basically. So I look for a strong trend. So are we, I, Adam. So are we. I enter on a retracement of the trend and I look for confluence. So some people look at moving averages. Some people look at support resistance. I, I look at support resistance, Fibonacci and moving averages. I look for points of confluence where everything is coming together. And that's when I, I, I follow the trend on that. And very much, uh, very often I look for alignment between the market, the sector, the industry and the stock. So I've, I see everything in alignment. So that's for, for stocks. And for Forex, I'm more of a day trader. Uh, the reason I don't day trade stocks is because I'm sleeping when the US, US market is open. So I can't day trade stocks. But Forex 24 hours, so I day trade Forex. And my approach in Forex is, is very different uh, because, yeah, I follow the trend as well, but I take very short-term positions where I'm kind of like, my stop loss like 10 pips, my profit target is like 15 pips, I'm in and out within one or two hours, that's it. Um, I also scout the news on on major market uh, moving news events on Forex. So that trade lasts probably about 60 seconds to 120 seconds per trade. Wow. So variety of that, yeah. Risk ward ratio. Uh, ratio? For my swing trading, the risk to reward is about one, one is to two, to one is to 2.5. Uh, depending on the setup. There are some setups where I can push it to one is to three, but that's pretty rare. Uh, for Forex, my risk to return is one is to 1.5. Because what I found in Forex, especially in day trading, is that it's really hard to even get one is to two before it reverses on you. So I, I found that one to 1.5 was pretty much a sweet spot for my approach. Uh, but when I scalp the markets, when I scalp for news, uh, there's no fixed target price, all right? Because, you know, once in a while, okay, let me put it this way. Out of 10 trades I take when I scalp the news, 
I may break even on three, I may lose on three, I may make a very small profit on one, but two of them will be monsters. Yeah, so I, I risk I risk a one hour I call it a, a unit of risk, and I'll have like one or two trades a month that I could get four or five hour from that, and that makes up from the for the little losses that came before that or for the break even trades. What's your time frame on stocks? A swing trading. So typically my trade would last for a week or two. Number of and active trades per week. I I do about. On average, okay, for stocks, I do anywhere from 10 to 15 trades a month. I, I don't have a quota. It, it depends. You know, I don't force trades. I take them when they come. Typical drawdowns you experience? Uh, typical drawdowns for stocks would be up to, okay, I measure by R and percentage. Okay, percentage, I could get a 10% drawdown, you know, sometimes 15% drawdown. Forex, because I risk a bit more for Forex, I'm risking like 5%. So there are times when I do get 25% drawdown because of five losing trades. But then just as easily, I'll bounce back for 50 to an 80% return in the next month. So it's about managing your risk return. You've been in the markets roughly 25 years. What's been your worst trade? What's been a disaster that you've recovered from? I, I've never had a worse trade because I've, I've always been very disciplined in cutting losses. I, I never had an issue with that. But I would say that my worst losing streak was probably about 16 losses in a row. That's a lot of losses yeah, in a row. My, no, but, but the good thing is that it, it followed up with my best winning streak in a row. That was my was next like, question. Like, like, like 26 uh, wins in a row. So I've come to realize that, you know, when you get a series of losses, don't be upset. And you get a series of wins, don't be happy. Because, you know, in, in the short term, you do get lucky sometimes and you do get unlucky sometimes. But in the long run, it's got nothing to do with luck. Because the good and bad luck, they can, kind of like cancel off each other. So in the long run, it's, it's your statistical age that works for you. And you've got to think long term. The irony is that even as a short term trader, you have to think long term in how you grow your account. So in your opinion, Adam, what do you see as the biggest reason why most traders aren't profitable? I mean, there are many reasons. Uh, the first reason, obviously, is most traders, uh, they do not have a predefined trading plan or predefined trading strategy. So they take a trade because it looks good, because I think it's going to go up. So they start to predict uh, by reading the news and you know, emotions or rumors. And that never leads to consistent results. So the first thing is to have a predefined trading system with predefined entry rules, exit rules, position sizing rules. The trading system must have a positive statistical expectancy. Uh, that must be rigorously back-tested, forward-tested, so that they have the confidence that, like a casino game, the house will win over time. That, that's number one. Number two, they could have a winning system. They could have bought a winning system. They could have learned a winning system, but they don't have proper uh, position sizing. They don't manage their risk consistently. So I always tell my students that you have to keep risking, for example, 2% a trade or 1% or 3%, whatever it is, right? But what most people do is that they may start with 2% and when they start having a winning streak, they get greedy and they start to risk 5%. And sure enough, after the winning streak, the losing streak comes and wipes out their wins. And once they get devastated, they then lower it back to 2%. And when they lower it back to 2%, the winning streak comes and it's not enough to cover their losses. And you know what I'm talking about, right? So even with even if you have got more wins than losses, but if you keep varying your, your position, sizing your risk, uh, risk per trade, it leads to inconsistent results. 
Um, the third reason, as we all know, is psychology. So you can have the best uh, trading system, the best money management, but if you have got a weak psychology and you can't execute the system without deviating from the plan, it's not going to work. So the typical issues would be, you know, you have a trading system, but you don't follow it, right? You don't honor your stop losses. You intervene halfway. You shift your stop loss. You give yourself more room. You take profits too quickly. Uh, when you have a losing streak, you want to quickly take trades to make up for the losses. So you take low-quality trades that don't meet your, your trade setups. Or you have fear and hesitation, and you don't take trades that come, uh, and then you don't get the wins when the wins present themselves. So typical stuff. Fear, hesitation, typical stuff, winning streaks, losing streaks. Talk about your psychology. Tell us about your psychology and how you maintain your EQ poise in the markets. What do you need to be on the lookout for? Okay, I would say the first thing, to be a great trader, you've got to have confidence, right? So in order to have confidence, the first thing is to be confident in your trading system. And the way I got confident was, again, through rigorous backtesting and forward testing first in each system. So the moment I traded the system live, I had confidence that the system would make money. Not on this trade particularly, but over a series of trades. So that's number one. The second thing would be, um, I don't think in terms of money, right? So for example, when I have a loss, I don't think that I lost five grand or I lost 10 grand. I, I think I lost one hour. So I measure my performance by hour and hour is a unit of risk. And when I win, I win two hour. I win 2.5 hours. So when I talk to myself like that, I get emotionally disassociated from money, which is what's emotional to most people. The other thing which I do is I look at trading as a business. And when I have a win, I think about it as sales revenue. When I have a loss, I think of it as cost of goods sold. Right? So in any business, you've got to have sales and cost to have net profit. You can't run a business with only sales and no cost of goods sold. Right? So, for example, when I have a win, that's 2R. That's my sales revenue. If I get a loss, that's minus 1R. I think of it as cost of goods sold. So, 2R minus 1R is my gross profit of 1R. So, when I think of when I think of losses as they're not bad things, they're just the cost of trading, it changes the psychology completely, basically. And the other thing which I also do that really helps is I adopt a fire and forget approach, whether it's trading stocks in a swing approach or day trading forex, which means once I place my trade with the preset stop loss and profit target, I don't look at it until it meets its outcome. Either I get a loss or the profit or it it breaks even. I don't look at it when it's going on. What makes your trading so good, Adam? What makes it unique? I, I don't think it's unique. I think a lot of great traders do the same thing. Um, I don't think there's anything special about my trading system. It's like any trading system that is uh, has, a, has an edge in the markets. All right. So my typical average win rates, again, about 50-60%. I risk one to make two or one to make 1.5. I don't think it's anything special. I think Many great traders have a similar kind of system. And, you know, after I've seen so many trading systems, I realized that that's about it. You can't get better than that. You know, there's, there's no holy grail that would, you know, give you a phenomenal edge in the markets. If it does, you probably wouldn't last for that long. Uh, I, I would think that my recipe that has really helped me is really my psychology more than anything else. Great. So the ability to think statistically. I was interviewing the market wizard, Anthony Salibi, and he was talking about discipline, as all great traders do. How much does discipline play a role with you? It's, it's 70% is discipline, 
Discipline to follow the system. Discipline to not intervene in the system. Discipline to execute the system without deviation. It, it is everything. So you've got a YouTube channel, a very popular one with 4 million viewers. Why did you start your YouTube channel? Uh, you know, I've been teaching live since 2002. And primarily my students have been from Asia. But increasingly over the last few years, I've had people all the way from South Africa flying in, from Australia, from from New Zealand, from the US, coming to Singapore to attend the live programs. And they said, you know what, people back home, they need this stuff. And I said, I don't have the time to travel there to do a live seminar. And they said, well, a lot of people don't have the budget or the time to fly to Singapore to attend your live courses. Why don't you share some of your stuff online? And so that's how I got started by creating videos. Uh, Also, I... I, I've been writing books all my life. Yeah, I've written about 16 books, and I and I love writing, right? Uh, but I kind of like realized over the years that things have changed so much. Number one, people don't really don't really read books anymore. <laughs> Bookshops are closing down, and you know when you like a book, you pass it to a friend, at the most two friends, right? Or you like a video, you share it with a hundred or two hundred in your network. So I realized that you know, the viral effect is so much more phenomenal. So. I've written books all my life. I just kind of like changed the medium to creating videos, which I actually enjoy a lot more because it's a lot less work than writing. <laughs> it is much more fun. So if you could yeah. leave our listeners with one piece of advice about trading, what would it be? Okay, to sum it all in one, one piece of advice, I would say really, I mean, um, educate yourself first, right? So invest in yourself, in your education before trading in the markets. And again, it's, it's back to the three things, right? Have a good trading system that fits your personality uh, because there are a thousand ways to do it and there's no the way, there's no right way, there are many ways. But to find a system that fits your personality. Uh, the second thing would be to, again, work on your your psychology, your emotions. I, I learned NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, when I was really young and that helped a lot because that really allowed me to learn that I am creating my emotions. I create my state, my thoughts. and once I understand that, I'm able to uh, redirect my states really fast. So learn that as well. And the third thing, again, is about learning to size your positions and manage your risk. Is your grandfather still alive? Uh, he passed away at 96, a ripe old age of 96 years old. Passed away about uh, four years ago. So he uh, saw you trading? Oh, yeah, he did. Right. And he was, I must say, my, my grandfather was, um, he was never an entrepreneur. He was not a director of a company. He was just a middle manager working for the same company all his life. But he was such a frugal man that he he would save and save and save. And the only thing he would spend on would be on family, uh, giving to his grandchildren and on holidays. When he passed away, uh, his net worth was over $12 million. Wow. $12 million, right? And, and the fantastic thing was, again, he earned an average salary. He was not a director. He was not a businessman. And when he passed away, and my, uh, you know, my mom, the will was read to my mom. She was like, "God, you know, I was so rich, you know." So I mean, my my mom didn't have to work for the rest of her life anymore after that. So it was good, but yeah, that was really inspiring. Now we found that out after he passed away. You have a very strong community of traders, as does Louise Bedford and Chris Tate, and they're very much believers that your trading community keeps you strong, and that more successful traders talk to other traders, just like your friend. How much do you think a trading community plays a role? A very big role. A very, very big role. So I, I tell people, especially people who are just starting off, right? Whenever we learn something new, whether is it trading or you, you're into 
gymnastics, whatever it is, right? If the people you spend time with don't share your interests, you're going to lose interest eventually. And for most people, it's really hard to be self-motivated going against the grain, right? But if the people you spend time with regularly share your interests and you're bouncing ideas off each other and you're sharing setups with each other, yeah, that's how you stay motivated. In fact, I, I tell people that one of the reasons why my programs, especially my live programs, have been so successful, it's not just the content, but it's the community of people we've built over the years. So yeah, community is, is really number one. Yeah. So how can people go to find out about your community? Okay, uh, so if they're interested in the uh, online trading courses, they can go to piranaprofits.com. So piranha is in the fish piranha, profits.com. <laughs> Uh, I got inspired by the turtle traders, but I thought Piranha was a more fierce creature than the turtle, right? Except for Piranha traders. Adam, we've had a short interview. You have to come back on Talking Trading and do another one, and we talk more about your trading strategy. Fantastic talking with you today. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Adam Koo. Stay tuned next week for Chris Tate and a wrap of the markets. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Most traders act like a little kid in the market. They don't know that a great trading plan is their secret weapon. Isn't it time you grew the f*** up? Register on tradinggame.com.au and grab our free trading plan template. It's a sign of being a mature trader.